shall we read a poem? I'm Russ. And there's no Lauren. She's still on her old people cruise, and it sounds like a trash fire. I cannot wait for her to come back and tell all the many, many stories I hope she will have. Your old pal Russy also ended up with COVID this weekend. It only took two years to find me. Uh, thankfully, I'm all boosted up, and so it just feels like a sinus infection. You also may have noticed that the intro sounded a little bit different this week, and that's because I am not reading anything that comes from A Light in the Attic, uh, because that's kind of Lauren and Mai's project. But I didn't want to leave our regulars hanging, and so I thought I would bring up another Shel Silverstein work, and one that has been called one of his most divisive, uh, because I would give you all this week a reading of The Giving Tree, which most of you probably experienced in elementary school and didn't really know what to think about it, um, because it's an odd one. So let's read it, and then let's talk a little bit about it. So this is The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein. Once there was a tree, and she loved a little boy. And every day the boy would come, and he would gather her leaves, and make them into crowns, and play king of the forest. He would climb up her trunk, and swing from her branches, and eat apples. And they would play hide-and-go-seek. And when he was tired, he would sleep in her shade. And the boy loved the tree very much. And the tree was happy. But time went by. And the boy grew older. And the tree was often alone. And then one day, the boy came to the tree, and the tree said, Come, boy, come and climb up my trunk, and swing from my branches, and eat apples, and play in my shade, and be happy. I am too big to climb and play, said the boy. I want to buy things and have fun. I want some money. Can you give me some money? I'm sorry, said the tree. But I have no money. I have only leaves and apples. Take my apples, boy, and sell them in the city. Then you will have money, and you will be happy. So the boy climbed up the tree and gathered her apples and carried them away. And the tree was happy. But the boy stayed away for a long time, and the tree was sad. And then one day the boy came back, and the tree shook with joy. And she said, Come, boy, climb up my trunk and swing from my branches and be happy. I'm too busy to climb trees, said the boy. I want a house to keep me warm, he said. I want a wife, and I want children. And so I need a house. Can you give me a house? I have no house, said the tree. The forest is my house. But you may cut off my branches and build a house. Then you will be happy. 
And so the boy cut off her branches and carried them away to build his house. And the tree was happy. But the boy stayed away for a long time. And when he came back, the tree was so happy she could hardly speak. Come, boy, she whispered, come and play. I'm too old and sad to play, said the boy. I want a boat that will take me far away from here. Can you give me a boat? Cut down my trunk and make a boat, said the tree. Then you can sail away and be happy. And so the boy cut down her trunk and made a boat and sailed away. And the tree was happy, but not really. And after a long time, the boy came back again. I'm sorry, boy, said the tree, but I have nothing left to give you. My apples are gone. My teeth are too weak for apples, said the boy. My branches are gone, said the tree. You cannot swing on them. I'm too old to swing on branches, said the boy. My trunk is gone, said the tree. You cannot climb. I'm too tired to climb, said the boy. I'm sorry, sighed the tree. I wish that I could give you something, but I have nothing left. I'm just an old stump. I am sorry. I don't need very much now, said the boy. Just a quiet place to sit and rest. I am very tired. Well, said the tree, straightening herself up as much as she could. Well, an old stump is good for sitting and resting. Come, boy, sit down. Sit down and rest. And the boy did. And the tree was happy. Yeah, that's a rough one, isn't it? I put myself back in elementary school, Russ, and I remember it being, you know, sad, but I don't remember what I should have thought about it or what I thought I should have thought about it. And the Wikipedia article for uh, The Giving Tree just has a field day with it. This book, quoting, has been described as one of the most divisive books in children's literature. The controversy stems from whether the relationship between the main characters, a boy and the eponymous tree, should be interpreted as positive, i.e. the tree gives the boy selfless love, or negative, i.e. the boy and the tree have an abusive relationship. And the publisher... Uh, Ursula Nordstrom, who we've talked about on this podcast before, famously attributed the book's success partially to, quote, Protestant ministers and Sunday school teachers who believed that the tree represented the Christian ideal of unconditional love. And that's all well and good, but unconditional love only goes so far. And at what point do you judge the boy for being an entitled piece of crap? But then I think about all the times in my life that I've been an entitled piece of crap. And I have to 
interpret the ending as the boy finally feeling some regret for what he's done because you know he's clearly just taken advantage of this tree and but now finally there's a glimmer to me at least that he's realized what he's done and that this isn't a good relationship he's had with this tree even though he probably you know lionizes it in his mind but the interpretations of this book are many, and when Lauren comes back, we'll discuss it a little bit. But, you know, there's the religious interpretation that we mentioned early, and there's an environmental interpretation like the Lorax, and then there's the friendship interpretation where, you know, is this helping one another or is this taking advantage of a friend? And I will close us out this week with one more quote. A 1998 study using phenomenographic methods found that Swedish children and mothers tended to interpret the book as dealing with friendship, while Japanese mothers tended to interpret the book as dealing with parent-child relationships. And it's so interesting to think that that would be the interpretation of a parent-child relationship where it's give everything and expect nothing in return. But thank you very much for joining me for this short and strange episode this week. We will be back to normal when Lauren returns next week, and I hope to have lots of hilarious stories from the dried-up Rhine River. So, until then, stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy, tell your friends you love them. Bye.